On this day, gracious Lord, you come to us as word, as light, and as flesh. Teach us to know you so well that our lives may befriend this world you have made. In the name of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So you may have realized this about the Bible, but the world it was written in is pretty different from the world that we know. It's hard to imagine oneself as a first century Jew, let alone a Jew of the 10th century BC or anywhere in between that the Bible was written. Our human nature, of course, isn't very different, but the way we think about things certainly is. A major difference is how we think about God. For us moderns, the last couple of centuries, for the last couple of centuries, the question has been, is there a God? Are we created, or did we just end up here by lucky chance? For the pre-moderns of the Bible, though, the question, is there a God, would have been unthinkable. No, they assumed a divine dimension to all of life. So the question wasn't, is there a God, or are there gods? The question, the questions for them were questions like, who is God? What is God like? And which God or gods are worth pinning your hopes and giving your life to? Which ones are worth serving? Knowing that there was a spiritual dimension to all life, they wondered not whether it existed, but who the wizard was behind the curtain in the first place, and how to live rightly before him or her or them, etc. And wouldn't you know, we hear echoes of that same question in our reading from John's Gospel. We hear that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Clearly we have a talkative with God if this God is his word, like a walking speech bubble, you might imagine. But listen to the last few verses in what I read from John. And it says, the word became flesh. The word became flesh and lived among us and we have seen his glory. The glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. No one has ever seen God. It is only God the Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made them known. Now, of course, John is talking about Jesus. Jesus is the word made flesh. God became flesh in Jesus. In him, he says, we have seen God's glory. Nobody's ever seen God, he says, but Jesus has brought God into focus, has shown us the heart of the creator. So this is John's answer to the question, what is God like? What mystery resides hidden at the heart of all things? What's underneath in in it all? Is it karma, reward for good, punishment for bad? Is it fate? where our lives are dictated from beginning to end and there's nothing we can do? Is it antagonistic towards us with life at the mercy of a cruel and cold divine will? Or does it none of it matter at all? No, John says, my answer is none of the above. 
One of my favorite writers, Brian Zahn, puts it like this. God is like Jesus. God has always been like Jesus. There has never been a time when God was not like Jesus. We have not always known what God is like, but now we do. So what mystery resides hidden at the heart of the universe? What's underneath and in it all? It's bubbled to the surface in Bethlehem, John says. And what's bubbled up is the glory of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. And from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. The incarnation, Christmas, means not only that Jesus is God, but it means that God is like Jesus. Christmas means that God is like Jesus. And what's God like then? You know, it's hard for us to grasp just how revolutionary this idea is in Scripture. Those of us who've come to church and heard it over and over again, sometimes it actually takes an outsider for us to hear it with fresh ears. So recently, my wife Cheyenne and I were watching, uh, if we could get the next slide. My wife Cheyenne and I were watching uh, former Saturday Night Live cast member Jenny Slate's Netflix special. I am not going to recommend that any of you go out and watch that. I am not recommending that at all. It will no doubt offend in many ways. So please don't go and, and watch that. At least don't think that I'm telling you to. Now everybody's going to go and watch it. Um, it's pretty irreverent, and you'll, you'll hear the, the irreverence here, but if you don't know, Slate is a stand-up comedian who's also Jewish, but in the special, she actually relates her visit to a Catholic church on Christmas, and here's how she describes it. Like I said, it's, it's pretty irreverent. It's meant to be funny, but there's a joy there that we kind of miss out even in our own uh, celebrations. She says, went to this midnight mass, walked into the church, which first of all, to me, was like a miracle. I thought that like a doily that was also a spider web, would come down and be like, not you, stay out. And I'd be like, I know, sorry, excuse me. I don't know what I was thinking, I'm sorry. So I went into this place and it was like, holy cow, churches are just these beautiful little castles for God. And this is gorgeous. But everyone there was like dressed in red and green and then the guys came out, the priests, and they had this incense and they're like, whoa, yeah, and they're swinging it all over the place. Everyone's dressed up, and they sing the songs. And weirdly, I knew some of the songs because they're like in our culture. But even when I didn't really know the words, I could be like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and everyone was like, yeah. It was just the best mood. The Christians are in the best moods. I was just like, ah, oh, man, this is so annoying. Like their God got killed, and they're not even upset. And he's like, no, I don't want to stress you out. Don't worry about it. My body's a cracker. Drink my blood. It's wine. This is a party. The Christmas songs and thinking about it, they're all like, jingle jangle, everybody gets a present. Santa comes down, but he never catches on fire. We don't know how it happens. Everything's fine. We're never worried. That's not in our culture. Now, like I said, this is irreverent and it's humorous, but it's also deeply joyful. And she gets at this, this outsider actually gets at the crazy, insane, beautiful things about 
Christmas that we usually miss out completely upon. I mean, my favorite theologian, Karl Barth, actually said, laughter is the next closest thing to the grace of God. Or the laughter is the closest thing to grace, the grace of God. Now, obviously, not everybody's, everyone's church experience goes like this. And not every church is like this, either. And certainly, Christians often seem like the most worried people in our society. But I believe that, as an outsider, Slate was able to experience the truth of the gospel in ways we sometimes forget, misunderstand, or manage to mangle completely. So rather than a giant doily spider web falling on her and blocking her way, as the wrong sort of person, she was welcome as she was. And what she found was a whole bunch of people singing joyfully about a God of mercy and forgiveness. Even to those who murdered them, him. I don't want to stress you out, this God says. Don't worry about it. This God offers up his very body and blood in a banquet of love, the glory of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. And from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. This is what Slate experienced that midnight mass. Jingle, jangle, everybody gets a present. That's my favorite part. Even if she didn't know she was experiencing it, Slate got a glimpse of, the, who God, of who God is like in Jesus Christ. No one has seen God, John says, but Slate certainly came close because this is how God comes close. Grace upon grace, jingle jangle, everybody gets a present. This is a party where everyone's invited, saints and sinners alike. Sinners especially are invited to this party. So this blessed Christmas morn, I pray that each of us take the words of St. John and our friend Jenny Slate to heart. Christmas means that there is not only a God, but this God is personal. This God has come in flesh. This God is personal like Jesus. And since this God is like Jesus, it means we're not abandoned to the forces of fate or karma, nor we are the objects of anger and hostility, but it means we are loved truly, fully, and unconditionally without regard to our earning it. It means that all of our sins and transgressions are forgiven, and we are not enslaved to our past through the powers that be. But the moral arc of the universe bends towards justice for those who suffer, transformation for those who do the hurting, and a never-ending song of joy for all of creation. If only we're willing to just put down our defenses at the manger and join in the party. A party where everybody's invited. Grace upon grace upon grace. Jingle, jangle, everyone gets a present. Christmas means that God is like Jesus. And that means everybody gets a present. So the only question on Christmas is, what are you going to do with yours? And for this, thanks be to God. Amen.